Hi, and welcome to Fashion Talks, the podcast about observing the world through the lens of fashion. I'm your host, Donna Bishop. Hello, everyone. Ooh, I am glad you are joining me today. My guest is Lori Sibunovic, and when I saw her post about a photo shoot that changed her life, I knew I had to talk to her and have her on Fashion Talks. She is a tarot card reader, and that's all I'm going to give you. Let's get right to the conversation. Lori, I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining me. Donna, I am thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. So for you're my first tarot reader on the podcast. So please share a little bit about who you are and what you do so people can get a sense of the amazing conversation we're going to have. For sure. Well, I'm known through my work as Tarot Lori, and I'm a professional tarot card reader. It's what I do for a living. I'm also a writer, a speaker about all things, you know, metaphysical. And I've been reading cards for over 30 years, almost 35 years now. The deck I use is my original deck. I read clients around the world. I do one-on-one readings, parties, events. Um, my mission is to inspire, empower, and enlighten people through tarot. So it's not going to be, you know, fortune telling, say goodbye to the dog, anything gross like that. It's not kitschy. Uh, it's like a conversation with your soul. And I'm the interpreter. And my tagline is woo without the cuckoo. So that Which gives I you sense of my vibe. So relatable. So relatable. Because I think tarot can, if you're not familiar with tarot, it can have a reputation of being a bit like, out there in not the like maybe best way but you make it so logical and empowering and inspiring thank you yes it's a tool of self-discovery you know it's a tool of healing it's it's not scary and you are a style and woman in your (laughs) own right so I want to ask you the question I ask everyone is when did you become aware that fashion clothing, the stuff we put on every day, holds more power than just a tool to cover our bodies? The word power is key in your question for me and and reflected in my answer because it immediately brings me back to grade seven. I'm 13 years old with my friend. We are in red bikinis because I'm going to age myself, but Fast Times at Richmond High was the thing. And, you know, Phoebe Cates in that red bikini and we had gotten some and we were like developed third. We both looked older than we were. And we decided to just go flaunting down the street with a towel over our shoulders down a fairly busy thoroughfare. And we got a reaction, cars, cat calls, honk it. Like, you know, we, we really had a sense of the power that that little red bikini held and, you know, the power of clothing or less clothing, more skin, you know, and it was, it was off-putting and exhilarating at the same time. It was like stepping a foot into a world I wasn't ready to be in, but kind of wanted to be in, but not for a long time and not with any kind of consequences (laughs) at all. (laughs) But it was, it was a really interesting time. It was the first time I sort of, in retrospect, I can see became aware of like the male gaze and, mm-hmm. and just getting that kind of attention. It was, yeah, thrilling slash nauseating. Well, and it's, it sounds like it's kind of that feeling, like when you push your foot on the gas of a car, maybe a little too fast. And it's like, oh, I hope I don't lose control, but you're <laughs> aware 
of the the speed and the power yes. that the car has. Just like you're aware of like like maybe not the bikini specifically, but like I put on something that I'm getting a different reaction from than what yes. I usually wear. Yeah. And in today's terms, this thing would be a grandma bathing suit. Like this was in the eight. It wasn't, you know, some up the butt thong thing. It was a, it was a, it was a two piece bathing suit, but it did. It did suddenly you're exactly right. It's like the foot was on the gas. And at that point I didn't even know I was driving the car. <laughs> All of a sudden I'm going 90, like what the hell? And then of course my follow-up question is what did you what was your sense of fashion after that like once you had that kind of taste can you reflect on how it might have impacted what you wore day to day after that I mean before and after that I was in rugby pants I was in leg warmers I mean it was not uh I was not someone who who necessarily you know I was a kid and yeah. moving forward I definitely had a sense of style, you know, and I tried to be maybe a little like punkish or gothish or, you know, breakfast club, whatever. But it was, I was, I would go through little phases. I didn't really have a signature style until I was over half a century years old. Well, and we are going to get to that because that's a perfect segue into what I, the conversation I'm so looking forward for us to have, because you are part of your, you know, soul discovery work that you do with the tarot is about self-worth and mm -hmm. self-discovery. And I wonder if there are dots to be connected between self-worth, self-investment, self-adornment or dressing, like that's where kind of the fashion that comes in and the energy that then we put back out into the world. Mm -hmm. I think it's very much, I mean, I always say this, like I was the kind of person who bought a lot of my clothes where I bought my groceries, you know, <laughs> I get some bread, get some, get a sweater, get some monies, whatever. And it was, it was more just about, especially once I became a parent, I've, I'm a, a mother of like a, she's almost 16 and a 20 year old son. And it was just function. There was not a lot of fashion. It was just, what can I throw on to just get me through this day? And it wasn't necessarily thinking about how is this reflecting my, my personality or, or who I am. And even when I sort of came out of that season, I still wasn't, I wasn't, it didn't feel right to invest in myself in that way. It didn't feel practical, you know? And so I would, I would just, and also I'm a, I'm a storyteller. I'm a words person. I'm not a visual person. And so I'm not great. I'm, I'm better now, but I mean, I, aside from lipstick and mascara, I don't do makeup because I end up looking ridiculous. Uh, it's very crusty, the clown. And when I, you know, home decor, like I just don't necessarily have a strong visual aesthetic. Mm -hmm, <laughs> and mm -hmm. so I just sort of thought that's not something I can do. It's not something I can do, but I now in retrospect can look back and say, oh, that's not something I thought I was worth. Right. Yeah. And that's something that came with age and wisdom, I think for me. And can you talk a little bit about a moment where 
maybe you, and which came first, like the sense of I'm worth something, my worthiness shifted, or did you invest in yourself and feel something shift such that made you go, actually, this makes me feel really good and powerful. And I want more of that. Right. There were a few things. A few years ago, I had a moment where I was serving a meal and it was, you know, people were over, it was the roast or the big piece of fish or whatever it is. And we always would talk about the pieces on the end. We, in my family, call them the butt, you know, the end piece of the roast or the little dinky part of the salmon and no one wants the butt. So I'd be giving everyone the big piece. Oh, you take this. Oh, that's so juicy. And I'd eat the butt. And I had this moment one day of just like, well, this is some BS. I bought this food. I prepared this food. I served this food. I'm going to clean up after you all. I'm taking the best piece. You all fight over the butt. It became this point of it's, it's my turn and I deserve this, not because I've earned it, but just because I am, you know, why, why not me getting the nice piece? Why do I have to have the butt? And it was just this, I don't know that anyone outside of my head (laughs) had a (laughs) sense that this major shift was happening in me, but that was one thing. And then during COVID, when we were in quarantine, I wasn't able to go for my, my three week hair appointment I've been doing since I was 20 something to cover my gray. And so I started to look like half an Oreo cookie, like my brown hair was starting to be (laughs) overtaken by the gray. And my hairdresser one day just said, the next time we have a, that things open up, you need to come in. We need to take care of this. It's, it's pains me to see you like this. And because I'm a writer as well, um, we did a trade where I would I would do her, all of her writing and she would do this service because this service, I was there for seven hours. It was over a thousand dollars in services. I would never, ever, ever have invested that in myself at that time. And when she helped transform me with this like silver, like helmet of, of like sexiness and, and attract, like it's, I love my hair gray. It's amazing. It's the favorite hair I've ever had. That was like, Oh, wow. Okay. And I kind of just started feeling better about myself. And I started to sort of feel like I was being revealed, you know, like a, like she was almost like a sculptor chipping away, letting the statue reveal itself. Like by stripping off all of that color, it sort of stripped off the artifice I'd been hiding behind. And then subsequent to that, I, I started thinking, well, you know what? It's who cares? Like, I'm, I don't, I don't care about fulfilling anyone else's agenda or expectations. I'm going to wear my hair how I want. I'm eating the good piece of meat. Y'all fight over the butts and I'm going to throw on a muumuu. I'm going to throw on, um, a, a duster with a, with a romper. I'm going to just, I'm just going to let my freak flag fly. And from that point forward, everything skyrocketed, everything exploded. And I just like, Everything being like everything in your business, everything in what? My business, absolutely. The people I met and the opportunities that I was being offered just expanded exponentially. And then now alongside that with the with the clothing thing is I... I bought myself because I spent my 50th birthday in lockdown. It was a big nothing burger. And so when I turned 51, I thought I'm going to treat myself. And I bought this crystal necklace that it's a beautiful red. What did you say? It was a sapphire. It's a red sapphire. It's a, it's a, it's not, it starts with a P it's got a thousand letters in it. It's basically like a lab grown sapphire, but 
there are other stones involved in it too. And and when you get, it's Cape King Jeweler is the name of the um, the jeweler, and you you get a vibrational analysis when you buy a, an, a piece of jewelry. So the the piece picks you. It's like I always say, it's like Harry Potter's sorting hat at Hogwarts. That is so cool. <laughs> and this almost made me burst into tears when I when I got it. This isn't actually the first one I got, but. The one that I bought, I mean, it was an investment from the lady who who buys her bras at, you know, at the Walmart or whatever. I was spending now like, like, like a mortgage payment on a necklace. And it's like when I showed the universe that I was worthy of investment, the universe responded with like, Roger that here's some more opportunities for you to be invested in. So my business took off my sense of self. like my confidence expanded, but I also, I think it expanded because of this stuff, the external stuff, but also because I just felt like I was coming into myself. I was owning who I was. And not to, you know, we're not advocating going into debt and buying things that are like, you know, beyond your means. Is it about how you value the item in terms of what it means to you in Mm -hmm. that way you're talking about? Yep. It's the meaning that you ascribe to it. Right. So for me, this, this necklace is more than just a piece of jewelry. And it's more than just like, I personally think there's magic to this thing. (laughs) There's power in in these stones. And because they're sourced in a very particular way, it's not your average, like go to the crystal store. And, but even before that, me, um, you know, buying, buying something that I wasn't getting secondhand or, you know, thrifting somewhere else or getting a consignment store and just, or even just, um, no, I'm going to take this time for me this morning and I'm going to enjoy this cup of tea and you all can wait. There's no brain surgery waiting out there for me to attend to, you know, it's that prioritization of self. Well, and like you say, what I think is so interesting is when you say thrifting, Mm-hmm. it's not the act of thrifting. It's the meaning you put on it. Like someone mm-hmm. can thrift because they love the treasure hunt and the thrill and get so much joy out of like combing through yes. all the things or someone can thrift because they don't feel like they are deserving of something new. Right. My daughter goes thrifting because she has such a cool sense of style and she pulls these things together. And it's exactly that. It's the treasure hunt. It's the it's the art of it. For me, I was thrifting because I felt I needed to be thrifty. Right. <laughs> when it came to myself, no one else was getting their stuff thrifted at that time. And what started to like, in, and this is all like almost a conversation in hindsight, but where did you start to see things starting to change, like in terms of your business and whatnot, as you started to have that sense of, you know, you all fight over the butts and mm-hmm. I'm going to buy myself something new and see yeah, all there. It's just, it was just, I mean, when I, even just, um, instead of getting the, the, the free website that was like bah, <laughs> I thought, you know what I'm going to spend? $30 a month and build a website that looks like a proper website. You know, that is an example, or even just, um, it was just this idea of not, not hiding, you know, mm-hmm. I would see all of these other metaphysical, um, speakers and sages out there 
doing their thing thinking, ah, oh, why not me? Oh, I could do that. Oh, that's that card. That's that card. And I had been doing tarot consistently for, for decades, but not really putting myself out on a big stage with a big spotlight. But part of me wanted to so badly. And so that's where the dichotomy was because the yearning was there and the desire and the ambition was there, but there was the lack of confidence, the lack of self-worth, the just thinking, oh, do I really belong there? Like, oh, I don't know. And I, and I shifted from that place of, well, why not me to more of a, why not me? Why not me? Yeah. Come and knock in. One of the things that you shared on your Instagram account, which was part of my inspiration to talk to you in, in this context, was your 50, 50 ishes. Yeah, it's 50 <laughs> uh, second uh, photo shoot. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about that photo shoot and things that kind of happened in and around it? it yes, it's interesting because. So when I bought that, when I went through that thing with the necklace, where I got the necklace and that it's like this portal opened, it was because I felt like I was showing universe I'm worthy of investment and universe kind of responded. And with this boudoir photo shoot, I didn't want to be, you know, hanging a bunch of pictures of my boobs around my house. Like that wasn't the goal. It was more, I was going for the experience of it. I was going for the really, like, that's me fully exposing myself. So talk a little bit about this boudoir photo shoot. Like into the spotlight. So the photographer, um, Wendy Alana, she's amazing. She's someone I'm friendly with, not buddies, but like we know each other. She's, you know, in our age bracket. So I felt comfortable Mm -hmm. with her. Um, She usually does them at her, um, at a hotel, but because of circumstances, we were able to do it at her home. Her, her fellow was away and she has like a gorgeous clawfoot tub and beautiful decor. And, she was telling me, you know, it was going to be like artfully draped fabrics, not, you know, gynecological. And, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, she advised me, you know, the kinds of things to bring. I went to a, an actual lingerie store instead of a grocery store and invested in some like cute little undies and stuff. And that day, which was my actual birthday, I blocked off that time and got a professional blowout at just a blow up bar. I got professional makeup done, which is the only, the second time ever doing it. And I showed up at Wendy's and she had a glass of Prosecco waiting for She's like, let's do it. And started off. She was, she's just such a professional and she's masterful, not to mention just the product she comes up with, but just her, her way during the photo shoot to make you feel comfortable and confident. And it was so cool because again, kind of going back to that red bikini story, it was through the female gaze. So it wasn't, you know, like, Oh babe, you're so hot. It was more like, girl, you're on fire. Look at that. Let's see. Ooh, cleavage. Yes, ma'am. Let's do it. La la la. And she was, you know, just made it fun and it was joyful. And there were the, the, the pictures, the images that are the most, um, beautiful I think and and just like have the the that are like the oh that's the shot are the ones where I'm laughing or there's a smile it's not me being like hey baby like seductive because that I don't know that that would be my vibe it was more almost like burlesque it was kind of like um Marilyn Monroe vibes you know you harnessed the power you got a taste of as that 13 year old in the red bikini you are now in a different kind of bikini in control of the power. Oh my God. 
Where was this? Damn. Yes. Yes. And Donna, thank you for the therapy. Send me the bill. <laughs> that is an amazing realization that I had not thought of. Thank you for reframing that. Yes. It was on my terms. It wasn't scary. It was fun. It wasn't even necessarily sexy. It was sensual, but it was joyful. It was celebratory. We'll link uh, Wendy's um, website in the yes. show notes for anyone who's listening is like, I want a little piece oh. of this, uh, of this empowerment story. So as you're feeling this, like, like I can just sense from talking to you kind of like the electric surge of energy that this must have given you. Mm-hmm. What, what were you working on? Like, cause we don't manifest things don't fall out of the sky. You need to be like, showing, as I've heard you say before, and other people, you have to be showing the universe that you're actually working towards something for the universe to be like, okay, right. I can see you already. What were you working on and what was happening before and after this? Well, it's, that's a great question. I was in the process of writing a book. I had actually typed the end the day before the photo shoot on, on this manuscript I'd been working on off and on for a couple of years. It's COVID times. And, and it was, it was a, a book about tarot, but it was a different, it was tarot with a twist. And for me, manifesting is very much about having clarity of intention, following that up with some inspired action towards your goal, whatever it is, and then stepping back and letting life respond. You know, don't sit there trying to plan and plot and visualize and execute every single step because it just discounts all the magic, just like squeezes it dry. And so I had been, you know, talking to people, reaching out to people, talking on Instagram Live when I do my little full moon ritual saying, hey, if anyone knows a book, I'm writing a book. You know, I just sort of throw it out there every so often. And the day of that photo shoot, which was the day after I finished my book, I got an email towards the end of the photo shoot from a woman at a publisher saying, oh, we saw your whatever, whatever, we want to see um, your manuscript. And that did not lead to my agent, but it led me to get my butt in gear because then I had to come up with a nonfiction book or proposal and and get it all zhuzhed up to, to get to this um, agent and publisher or publisher. But then I was able to, from that point, start researching my agents and and perfecting my query letter that would go out to the agents. And from that point to the end of the year, so between May and December, I did a book proposal. I got an agent. I got a two book deal with HarperCollins and started writing my second book. And like, to me, that's manifesting. And to me, that was a direct result of me putting myself out there, literally and metaphorically exposing myself. Here I am. Here's who I am. You're welcome. Was kind of the vibe. And the universe was like, all right, let's do it. And, And there it is. And are you, do you think about how you dress now when you like go on to do your Instagram lives or like, how do you, how have you reframed dressing adornment? Like we can use all sorts of words to describe the act of, you know, putting on clothes in a strategic way. Right. So it's making me laugh when you said with the Instagram live. So I do a card of the day just on Instagram stories and reels every weekday morning. And I started doing it way, way before, like years and years ago, I would do it at the, at the car drop off at my daughter's school. 
And I'd have the the phone like wedged into my steering wheel. I didn't even have a little tripod thing. And and I would just be like, okay, guys, here's the card of the day. And my hair is like in a top <laughs> knot and I'm in like sweats and no makeup, no lipstick. Like it was a bit of a mess, but I just started because what the heck. And it's now evolved to, I put on my lipstick and my mascara at like six in the morning and I, and I, and I put on from, you know, the waist up, sometimes from the waist down, it's still jammies, but from the waist up got some, you know, I always choose a necklace. There's always a necklace um, with a crystal. I now have four of them and I am absolutely strategic in how I present myself. When I go and speak on stage, when I go to live events, I was just at a wedding last weekend. I mean, I always have one of my dusters, one of my, um, uh, one of my, you know, I have these velvet dusters that are really luxurious and just like tactile and, you know, they call attention. Uh, yeah. Because you're putting on, you know, it's a performative thing. So absolutely, I, I don't look ridiculous. I don't look like a, you know, like the stereotypical fortune teller with all the bangles and the scarves and stuff. I'm never going to do that. But there's definitely a look that is I have a signature look and a signature style now. That feels I hear very authentic to who you feel you are. Like you're like, yeah. I am aligned. Like, Bring on the vintage duster, bring on the red lipstick and a crystal. Yes. And that's where I think the power of dressing is, is when those things are aligned, then you behave in a different way. Mm -hmm. People will respond to you mm -hmm. in a different way. It's, it's amazing because I, I've been in, in situations where I've, been at an event or about to go on a stage and we'll just be kind of getting that like dry mouth and okay my knees are knocking a little bit and i just have to go like center myself with a couple of breaths and i'll go in the washroom and i'll look at myself in the mirror and be and i've got the lips and the the you know the whole outfit and the necklace and everything i'll just look at myself and be like okay tara Lori, let's go you know like you've got this and then it's yeah, it's. It, I, I. I wonder if it's how actors feel when they're going on stage to perform or filming something that when you have the wig or the prosthetic or whatever, it's like, oh, I can. Not that it's a character I'm playing, but it's. It just gets me in that state of flow, like immediately. Do they become almost um, like touchstones mm -hmm. for who you are? Very much so. It's funny. My daughter said just last week, she said, you know, it's really funny, mom. You have like your tarot Lori clothes and then you have your like writing mom clothes. And my writing mom clothes are still, you know, it's a t-shirt with a pair of jeans or a pair of joggers or something. It's like post COVID comfy cash. <laughs> and that's fine. But I will not go on a, a reading, even on a zoom reading where you're only seeing me from the armpits up or out to an event or anything without, without, being Tara Lori. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a shortcut. It's weird because it's like immediately gets me in the, it's almost like a grounding. I'm just thinking this as I say it, it's, it's almost like a grounding exercise that I'm immediately like, I'm in my zone. I'm in my flow. Let's do it. I can't help but think like the word that keeps coming up as you're talking is there's a bit of a sense of ritual. Mm-hmm to it. What are your thoughts on ritual, especially rituals like getting dressed and putting on jewelry and fixing our hair? Yeah, Donna, 
I have a lot of thoughts on ritual. The book I'm writing is all about rituals. It's oh called okay. Bring Your Shit and Other Rituals because I do new moon and full moon rituals and and the publishers, people from HarperCollins saw me on doing Burn Your Shit every Instagram or every full moon on Instagram live. And they had seen that and thought, Ooh, that's interesting. And that was going to be my second book. So it was a beautiful coalescence, but in writing this book, I thought I knew a lot about ritual and I'm learning how we are in ritual without even realizing it every day. And how you adorn yourself, how you step out in the world, how you prepare for that can very much be ritualistic. I, I didn't even realize that I had an altar on my, on my dresser um, until I was doing this book thinking, oh yeah, that's a fully an altar because it's this beautiful piece of flat wood that has uh, my necklaces on it, you know, displayed in a certain way. They're in their little pouches, each has their own little house. And then there's a little, little crystal that has some bracelets around it. Like it's, it's, it's in a certain pattern that I just sort of organically put together and added a little feather and added a little this and a little that. And when I, when I get ready, I kind of go, okay, so which it's almost like more of a rose with her wigs on Schitt's Creek. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> Melanie doesn't like being near Harriet. Like, it's kind of like that. Like the, okay, I'm going to keep, well, you know, the red guy and the, and the gold guy, they don't, I, I always keep them separated. It's, it's so weird, but they, it's, it's, it imbues everything with meaning and makes it sacred when, when you ascribe that. You know, if you can have a cup of tea in the morning, it's a cup of tea. But if you have a cup of tea and you prepare it and you sit in your spot and you have a moment to just sort of think about your day, plan out your day, that's a ritual. And how we get dressed, how we keep our closets, that can be like ritualistic, which, you know, if it taken too far, it can kind of veer into OCD territory um, where it becomes compulsive. It's not necessarily that or it's not it's not that at all. It's more just you're you're imbuing meaning into your your habit or your routine are we ritual depleted and yet surrounded by ritual in our lives and we just don't know it at the same time 100 percent, because rituals the purpose of a ritual is to connect you to yourself to the divine to the people around you you have family game night that's a ritual you know, if you do that every Friday or, or things that you do at Christmas that are your special things you do, that's ritualistic. Singing happy birthday is a ritual. And so we have these rituals that, that you know, we always sing happy birthday, but being able to, to assign them as rituals and really to take the time with them rather than just sort of like rushing through something, that's kind of a difference too, is that because it's that being present, it, it grounds you when you're in ritual. And when it, in ritual, it sounds kind of wackadoo when I'm saying it like that. But <laughs> no, we don't, I mean, it sounds yeah. sort of hyperbole, but I get what you're saying for sure. Yeah, because even if you're, even if you're just, um, you know, preparing your clothes for the next day, choosing your outfit for the next day, that can be, that's part of an evening ritual, you know, or doing skincare, the way you do your skincare in the morning or the evening. 
that's very much a ritual because it grounds you. It's it just sort of just it it automatically activates your parasympathetic nervous system. Your vagus nerve gets all stimulated. So you're immediately going from this fight, flight, freeze response that we often live in 24/7, and and through these these acts that you've imbued with meaning you go to a place of rest, digest, create, strategize, just in that like more place of calm. It's soothing. So we could find that ritual in what jewelry I want to put on in the morning, taking the time to do your skincare or your makeup or curl your hair or shave Mm -hmm. or not do any of those things because you're going to sit in stillness. Like it's not about the act as much as it is what purpose and meaning you choose to infuse with it that serves your best self. The intention behind it is the key. So a morning ritual can be standing and flossing your teeth. It doesn't have to be, but it's that you're just taking that moment and you know, and and if your intention is, oh, when I floss my teeth, I'm just going to like, just take a moment to just you know, I'm not listening to anything. I'm not watching a screen. I'm just flossing. I mean, I would encourage everyone to maybe zhuzh it up with more than just floss, but <laughs> but that can be a component of a ritual for sure. Uh, good oral hygiene is always a nice place to start for any, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just thinking, just to bring it back to fashion before before I let you go, is it possible then to have a ritual around self-care, self-adornment, if I'm not feeling that connection to self, if I'm not feeling that sense of worthiness, like are those two things coupled? I think that's such a great observation because I do believe that you need to feel worthy of taking that time. You need to feel deserving of that again, not because you've earned it, but just because you you're you and you're worthy of that. So even if, I mean, one thing that's I'm just coming to mind is a weird little ritual I used to do is I would go grocery shopping and leave the kids home with my husband on a Saturday. And I used to tell them, you know, I'll be back at 11 knowing full well, I would be done by like quarter after 10. And I would sit in my car with like a tea and read a book. And it was this lovely little Sunday morning ritual, you know, so it's, it's, it's not, um, it doesn't have to be something extravagant. It doesn't have to be something expensive. It's just you carving out that time for yourself, filling up your cup, making yourself feel good because you know that you're worthy of that. You know that you deserve that. And does that get stronger the more we exercise and do that? Does our sense of worthiness grow? I think it does. I think it comes with practice, but even more with age and wisdom, you know, and, and also I think too, you and I are in a similar sort of age bracket when we're in the, um, the season of, of child rearing, child bearing, and even for people who I'm speaking mainly for women who aren't necessarily like having literal babies out of their bodies, but you're in that reproductive stage and age, um, everything is outward focused, Mm -hmm. you know, everything is, and it's about everyone like, Oh, do I look attractive? Oh, will he think I'm cute? Oh, you know, doing that work. What will they think of that project? And blah, blah, blah. And we're producing, producing, producing. And then you get to an age where 
you know, the male gaze isn't on you so so glaringly, right? We become mm -hmm. less um, traditionally, you know, not the 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 object of affection and attention. And then we can go more inward and like, okay, now it's my turn. Like, what do I want? What am I going to do? And I think that really helps to be able to say, I'm going to go buy a really pretty necklace, or I'm going to go and get my nails done every three weeks, or I'm going to. It sounds kind of frivolous when I'm saying like, oh, nails and jewelry, but um, going to therapy and paying out of pocket for that, you know, mm -hmm. that's that's a beautiful act of self-care. And ultimately, that's what something you could say a ritual can be very rooted in self-care. It's rooted in self-love. Well, self-love is probably the, the foundation of it all, right? And mm -hmm. that sense of whether you feel that self-love because you, you know, ironed your favorite shirt or you, you know, washed your hair and took an extra few minutes in the shower, or you chose to do something different because it made you feel good. That's the catalyst to so yeah. many other things. And I think that's the flip, right? Like it's not so much what will someone think or how will this help someone else? How will this serve someone else? It's more like, well, how will I feel? Well, Lori, I think you've just inspired a whole lot of people to think about dressing in a whole new way. So thank you so much for this beautiful conversation and for sharing so much of your of your own story. We'll make sure that uh, Wendy, the boudoir photo <laughs> photographer, um, is in the show notes. Thank, thank you so, so, so much for being here. It's my pleasure. Thank you. And if people want to follow along and learn more about like your readings or where to find Tara Laurie. Oh, she's pulling out cards with those cards, I see. I mean, before we wrap it all up, like I have never done a podcast where I have not pulled a card for the host. So oh my gosh, we? I'm so excited. Yes, please. Yeah, okay, I'm going to shuffle. That's what you're hearing right now. I'm staring at you awkwardly to get your mojo in here. Okay, let's see. I first gave you a reading at Deerhurst Resort about a thousand years ago. You are correct. <laughs> okay. Uh, what does Donna need to know right now? Ooh, this is a good one. Okay. Do you see how, so it's this two of swords and it's this woman before this like ocean, she's on a beach and she's got these two swords in front of her. her she's got a blindfold on, the swords are crossed in front and she's just sitting there going, okay, well, I'm safe. I don't know what I'm safe from, but at least I'm safe. So I'll just sit here and be safe, 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 safe. And it's being stuck and held back by fears, doubts, insecurities, anxieties, the unknown. And that's the moon in the sky represents that. And that blindfold is like, she doesn't know what the heck is keeping her feeling so stuck or unsafe. And maybe it's not her business to know all the details. The water behind is totally calm. So she has a choice. She can let her guard down, put herself out there in ways that feel awkward, scary, uncomfortable, untested, vulnerable. And then she can remove the blindfold, look around and be like, okay, well, there's nothing here. Put down the swords and off she goes. Or she can just be, ugh guarding herself indefinitely. So this card is telling you any kind of challenges or obstacles you see before you um, that you're thinking like, oh my God, it's the Great Wall of China. How am I going to do this? This card is saying, it's not the Great Wall of China, it's jello. It's tissue paper. The anticipation is so much worse than the actuality. And it's the kind of thing you get through and look back on and go, why did I make this so hard on myself? This was, it wasn't that big a deal. You know, so the, the good news, bad news about this card is the good news is it's all in your head. And then the bad news is it's all in your head. Yeah. <laughs> but having awareness is half the thing to dealing with it. So time to put down those swords, stretch out there and do what needs to be done. I have goosebumps, Lori. <laughs> I love goosies. 
where can people find you if they would like to have their own Lori reading experience? Yes. So you can see my style of tarot every weekday morning on my Instagram page at tarot.lori, T-A-R-O-T dot L-O-R-I. I do card of the day. I do parties. I do full moon fire ritual every month called Burn Your Ship that anyone yep. can participate in. And if you want a reading, just check out tarotlori.com, T-A-R-O-T-L-O-R-I.com. All my information's there. Thank you so much, beautiful. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me here on Fashion Talks. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends, your family, on your networks. It would mean the world to me. Fashion Talks is done in partnership with the Canadian Arts and Fashion Awards. You can find out more about them at Kappa Awards, C-A-F-A-W-A-R-D-S on Instagram. This episode was produced by Jason Perrier. You can find him on Instagram at a Jason Perrier. You can follow the pod at Fashion Talks Pod, and you can follow me at This Is Donna B. All of us on Instagram. I hope you will join us again next week. Thank you so much and have a great day. Mm-hmm.